brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Certified Financial Planner is an innovative, comprehensive, informative, and cutting-edge podcast that discusses financial topics ranging from personal finance, economics, politics, and personal growth. Simply Financial will cover intriguing and thought-provoking questions so that the listener can simply increase their financial IQ. Thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Christopher Calandra. This is Episode 11 of Season 2 of the Simply Financial Podcast. Today's format is different from anything we've done before. Uh, What you're going to listen to is a webinar I conducted for clients, potential clients, and other professionals very recently. The title of the presentation is Planning for 2018, Including Tax Updates. I hope you'll find the information valuable. The feedback I got from those that listened to the webinar live was very, very positive. As always, I have a few things I'd like to request of you. Um, Number one, if you're not a client of Elliott Wealth Management Services, we'd love the chance to explore that with you. Uh, You can sign up for a complimentary initial consultation by going to our website, www.elliotwealth.com. You can also, at the site, sign up for our mailing list as well as subscribe to this podcast. Again, it's www.elliotwealth.com. Thank you so much, and enjoy the presentation. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, This is your host, Christopher Calandra, Certified Financial Planner with Elliott Wealth Management Services. Uh, Today's uh, presentation is planning for 2018, including a tax law update. Today's agenda, first off, we'll talk about the Tax Cuts and the Jobs Act, do a quick market update, and lastly, discuss some planning strategies. In terms of Q&A, everybody is on uh, mute. Uh, That's for our convenience and also to be respectful of everyone's time. If you do have a question, if you uh, hit the bubble or balloon, uh, it'll pop up a chat box and you could pose a question. I'll do my best to get to everyone's question as time allows. Uh, Maybe at the end of the presentation, it could be during the presentation, if that makes sense. If I don't get to everyone's questions um, at the end, uh, please know that I'll reach out to you as best I can individually by phone or email. 
but uh, again, I want to be respectful of everybody's time. The uh, Tax Cuts and Job Act, uh, signed into law by President Trump uh, in December. Uh, in some ways, this tax law is controversial, but regardless of that, it is the largest tax co code overhaul in 31 years. It is a significant piece of tax law. A lot changed, so it definitely makes sense to pay attention and know at least the major components to what was included in the law. So some of the key things, and we're going to discuss these today, is they kept seven tax brackets, but they reduced the rates. Initially, uh, President Trump had offered that they would reduce the number of tax brackets, but that ended up not happening. We kept seven brackets. You'll see in a few slides, the rates were reduced, the brackets were broadened. We're going to talk about standard deductions being increased, the state and local tax limitation, also known as SALT, uh, touch on child tax credit. Uh, there were some changes to the mortgage interest rate deductions. Alternative minimum tax was increased. Medical expense deductions were modified. Uh, the Affordable Care Act individual mandate penalty tax was eliminated. Uh, most importantly, corporate tax rates were lowered. There were changes for small businesses, uh, pass-through income. This is for like LLCs, small, uh, small businesses, sole proprietors. They'll be taxed differently. And then we'll touch on estate uh, taxes briefly as well. Um, to begin with, I wanted to do a comparison of the married filing jointly. For the sake of convenience, and once again, being respectful of everyone's time, I didn't do a slide for each filing category. In other words, there's not single, there's not widows, there's not married filing separately. I just did it for married filing jointly. Um, so for the first dollar to $19,000 that you earn in 2018, you are scheduled to be taxed at 10% after the tax law. The new reality is that you will also be taxed on at 10% for that range of income. For the next $19,051 up to $77,400 you earn, the rate was reduced from 15 to 12. As you work your way down this graphic, you'll see 25 went to 22, 28 went to 22, 28 went to 24, and so on. Uh, you'll see a peculiarity in the 400,000 to $424,000 little bracket. The rate actually went from 33 to 35. I don't know if there was a rationale for that. Probably it was an oversight, unsure. Uh, but the reality is that at almost every point on the income spectrum, you're seeing a rate reduction. And so I know the tax law could be controversial, a lot of the aspects of this can be debated, but most of the estimates that I have seen and I believe are reliable is that more than 80% of Americans are going to receive some tax relief through this tax law. The next slide kind of represents the same information as the previous slide, just a slightly different twist. Um, the first column in gold there is the 2017 rates 
and the right gold column is the 2018 rates. So if you take a given income, let's say $100,000, looking at the left, and you just move your finger over, you could see in 2017 at the $100,000 level, you were at 25% uh, for your highest tax bracket. Um, this year, you're at 22%. And at the $200,000 level, you were at 28%. Just slide your finger over to the far right gold column. You're at 24 this is a nice graphic to show how there was rate reduction, but you could also see that the brackets were expanded, especially for middle, upper income, upper middle class income brackets. And again, estimate is that over 80% of U.S. citizens, tax filers, are going to receive a tax cut. So that's because the tax rates went down. It also is because the tax brackets were broadened out. The next element of this I wanted to discuss with you is the standard deduction. So briefly, I know many of you are probably not tax experts, um, but the standard deduction, when you file your taxes, you could take a standard deduction. So in 2017, it was $12,700 for married filing jointly, MFJ. Um, that was doubled to $24,000. To be clear, what this is, when you do your taxes, um, you have a choice. You could take the standard deduction or you could itemize your deductions and list them out on an itemized basis. Charity, health care expenses, mortgage interest deduction, and so on. Most Americans, I think it's 60, 70% of Americans already use the standard deduction. They've now almost doubled the standard deduction to 24000 So this is an element of the tax package that is geared to and I think successfully provides some simplification because what this $24,000 standard deduction level means is that more Americans will use the standard deduction, which is much more generous than it used to be. Less people will itemize. That's a simplification. And the standard deduction being so much larger means that lots of Americans will have income that's not taxed because of the standard deduction. So simply put, if somebody earns $50,000 in 2018, one of the first things that will get done in the preparation of taxes is to take 50, subtract out 24, and then you begin the rest of the tax calculation based on 26,000. Very, very powerful. There were lots of exemptions, and most exemptions were repealed at the end of 2017. So those itemized deduction uh, items that I mentioned a moment ago, a lot of those were eliminated because they were consolidated into the standard deduction. The plan was to make things more simple, more streamlined, and wrap everything into the standard deduction. They did expand child tax credit, and uh, that was meant to offset losses for families. Um, you'll see that in more detail in a few slides. The state and local tax, or SALT, let's talk about this for a few moments. So previously, it was unlimited. So what that means is I reside in Connecticut, so I pay income taxes to the state of Connecticut, 
and I pay property taxes to my local municipality, in this case, the town of Southington, Connecticut. Uh, I used to be able to write off all of that, even though they were local taxes, local or state taxes. Previously, I was able, if I itemized, I was able to write off an unlimited amount on my federal tax return. With this tax law, that is trimmed back significantly. Now, the most you could write off between your state income tax liability, your state income tax liability, and your property tax liability, the maximum you could write off is $10,000. Uh, this has gotten a lot of attention. If you live in a high-tax state, some of those states are Connecticut, where I live, uh, but also New York, New Jersey, Illinois, California. This is a significant element to this tax law, and it is negative because it's not unusual for individuals uh, that are affluent, especially if they live in one of those high-tax states, for them to have state income taxes and property taxes that go well beyond $10,000. Um, and so this is a part, like for me personally, this is a part of the tax law where it's actually a negative for me because with my state income tax liability and my property tax liability, it's above $10,000. And that's not uncommon in these states, and it's not uncommon for wealthier, more affluent people who might own a couple of properties and might have a large income that is causing them to pay state income taxes. So this trim back is significant for a lot of people. Child and family tax credit. So they doubled the credit for children from $1,000 to $2,000. They also introduced a $500 credit for other family members. So if you were caring for a niece or nephew or parents, um, so that was instituted. And this is important. The phase-out begins at $400,000 instead of $110,000. So in 2017, to get the full credit of $1,000, you needed to earn $110,000 or less. Uh, if you were over 110000 it started to get phased out, meaning you could only use part of the credit, or if you earned enough money, you were blocked from using the credit at all. The phase-out was made much more generous and jumped from 110000 to $400,000. And the refundable, the refundable amount, credit for children only, went from 1000 to 1400 These figures are all for married filing jointly. There was talk that there would be significant changes to the mortgage interest deduction. Uh, none of that came to pass. What was instituted, though, is the maximum mortgage where you could deduct the interest went from a million dollars to 750000 and that's for new mortgages only. If you have a very large mortgage, this would be grandfathered in if it's an existing mortgage. So for the vast majority of Americans, I think we could agree it does not affect them, but they did reduce this from $1 million to 750000 This is only going to affect the wealthiest among us, but it's something to be aware of. We won't spend much time on this, but there's the alternative minimum tax. 
and the AMT exemption increased from fifty four thousand for a single to seventy and from eighty four to one oh nine. very few of our clients fall into AMT. If you're in AMT, you would know it. It's a source of tremendous frustration. I would urge you to contact us. We can discuss this, or even better, we could discuss it with your CPA to determine how this portion of the tax law would affect uh, your AMT exposure. Medical expenses, deductions for the next two years are set at the threshold of 7.5%. So if you do itemize and you have lots of medical expenses, the threshold is 7.5%, meaning that if you have expenses above 7.5% of your adjusted gross income, that's AIG, um, you can deduct the expenses. Again, will not affect many people. Uh, I mentioned this at the outset. Uh, with the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, uh, one of the more uh, contentious parts of that law was the health care mandate. You had to buy insurance. If you did not buy insurance or weren't getting it through your employer, you would be penalized and you would have a, essentially a tax penalty imposed by the IRS. That was eliminated. That's as of January 1st, 2019. So Obamacare was not repealed, but this important, whether you like it or not, it is an important part of the Affordable Care Act that has been eliminated. Corporate tax rates, um, probably, I won't say probably, this certainly is the most important part of this tax law. This is uh, significant. So corporate tax rates went from 35% to 21%. You could see the table there. It starts at 15, goes to 24, 34. But for most major U.S. corporations with taxable income of over $10 million, 35% is the gross rate. As of 2018, that went down a full 14 percentage points to 21%. This could be debated whether this is smart tax policy or not, but the reality is that this is a very impactful change in the corporate tax structure. The goal of this reduction, which is significant, the significant reduction is to make U.S. corporations more competitive around the world and reducing their tax liability. So major companies like Apple, Boeing, um, McDonald's, Walmart, Amazon, and the list goes on, um, this reduced rate helps them be more competitive. The hope is, and this is something that again can be debated in the political realm, will this mean that corporations are more profitable and that that means that we get more economic growth and more Americans can share in that in greater wages, more job opportunity, and it expands the financial success of many, many Americans and not just the elite in these corporations. But this 21% rate is the most important part of the whole tax law. As a nod to small businesses, um, they tinkered with how small businesses are taxed. Small businesses are usually sole proprietorships, LLCs, S corporations. So this is very complicated, but basically the small business could deduct 
20% of what's called qualified business income. There's many complications. For example, certain industries are excluded. Certain professions are excluded. Um, this calculation is not very easy. Um, so again, there's many complications. If you're a small business owner and you're hearing about this for the first time, please check in with us about it and we can consult with your CPA to find out the specific details on how this might affect your business income. State planning-wise, there was talk that they would do a lot more than was actually done, but the basic exclusion amounts uh, and the GST exemption in 2018 grew to $11,200,000. Um, this higher exemption sunsets in 2025. There was talk that they would do away with something called a step-up in basis. We won't go too far into the weeds about that, but just know that that was not changed and there still is the step-up in basis. What that means is if I buy a stock for 10 and it grows to 100 and I pass away. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. My heirs will get the stock, and their basis in the stock would be 100, not 10. And so that was left unchanged after a certain amount of debate behind the scenes. Uh, this shows you how the estate and GST tax, which is the generation skipping tax, has changed over the years. Um, sometimes it's lower, sometimes it's higher. Depends on who is in office, what the prevailing political winds say. But for now, they have been made more generous. So that's the end of the tax portion of the presentation. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the equity markets. So. I'm not sure what all of you think in terms of whether the market will go up from where we are now or down from where we are for the rest of 2018, but I did want to point out uh, a few things. The Dow um, at the high, which was in late January, was up nearly 8,000 points since Donald Trump was elected president in November 2016. And so we had a 
fabulous 2017 where most investors enjoyed very healthy returns. This year, 2018, got off to a very good start, and it seemed like the trend was going to continue until the calendar turned from January to February, and then we experienced a correction. A correction is defined as a market drop of 10% or greater. We had not had a correction for quite a while. In fact, 2017 was a year where we saw very, very little volatility, and volatility returned in February. So on Friday, um, in early February, the market went down 666 points. For those of you who follow such things, that's kind of an unfortunate number. Um, the following Monday, the market went down 1,175 points, a big point drop. And the market has continued to go up and down. We've had a significant increase in volatility. Um, where many days we see the market moving around a lot more than it had done in 2017 and even previous to that, 14, 15, 16, were years where we saw historically low volatility. So I wanted to put these drops and this recent activity into some perspective historically. So if you look at the, the left portion of this graphic, on February 5th, the market went down 1,175 points. If you watched the news and read the newspaper or tuned into your Yahoo page, you would have seen headlines that this was the biggest drop in U.S. history, biggest point drop, and that's true, 1,175 points, biggest point drop in history. It relates to a 4.6% drop in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. All of this data is going back to 1900. So the market dropped 4.6% that day. If you look to the right and you rank that drop not by points but by percentage, it actually ranks 108. Historically, the market has had 107 days where the market dropped on a percentage basis more than it did on February 5th when it went down 1,175 points. That makes February 5th seem much less scary. The thing about this, though, is that the media, especially in this 24-7 cable news, Internet-oriented environment we live in, they like to beat the drum, and they like to sensationalize just about everything. And they did that by talking about the big point drop it would have been less exciting and less likely for you to tune in if they said the market went down today, it was the 108th biggest drop as a percentage in the history of the stock market. Um, but their role, they're not bad, but their role is not to help you make good financial decisions. Uh, their goal is to get you to tune in, to read, to click through, and they do that by sensationalizing these things. But we want to stay unemotional. We want to be smart about what we're doing for clients. And you, with your money, you want to do the same thing. And I think the right column is more impactful than the left side of the graphic. So hopefully that's some good information. Continuing with the historical theme, um, over the long arc of time, 
equity markets tend to correct about once a year. So they tend to have a 10% decline once a year. Over the last several years, we have not seen that. We've been spoiled a little bit the last couple of years because market corrections have been fewer and far between. Also, historically, stock market pullbacks of 5% happen about three times a year. Again, we have not seen that. But with February 1st through now, which, you know, we're in mid-March as of the recording of this presentation, uh, we've seen a, a lot more volatility and probably a return to historical norms. So a few things that I think it's important to know about stock market corrections. As I just explained, they have to happen often. Um, they're not surprising. They're not terribly worrisome to me with my 25 years of experience. Um, knowing that long-term returns that you see on investments and what the markets can deliver, uh, corrections are built into those long-term numbers. Number two, it's impossible to predict what will cause a stock market correction. Number three, corrections mostly matter if you're a short-term trader. What we do for clients, how we work with clients, is the opposite of being a short-term trader, um, but they're the ones that are impacted the most by short-term corrections. And sometimes when the market goes down, it's a great time to buy high-quality investments at a bargain. If any of you ever listen to Warren Buffett speak, he will almost always bring up this good point. He's considered the greatest investor of all time, and this is one of the things he will most commonly say about market downturns. And then number five, stock market corrections are a good reminder to reassess what you own. And I want to talk a little bit about the market and your portfolio. An index, whether it's the S&P 500 or the Dow, isn't necessarily a good measure of your portfolio. It may surprise you to know that the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is the standard benchmark, it's the index that you're going to see if you tune into the nightly news later on today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is made up of 30 companies, only 30 U.S. companies. Our clients, when we're constructing portfolios and developing financial plans to help you achieve your financial goals, you don't want to just be in 30 companies. We're going to want, in most instances, way more diversification than that. So an index is not necessarily a great measure of your portfolio. It's what your portfolio is doing, not what the market is doing that is important. And you want to have a plan so that your portfolio is on its way to helping you achieve your financial goals. Your portfolio doesn't always move in lockstep with any single market or index. There is variability, and monitoring your portfolio based on the Dow Jones Industrial day by day will be a frustrating and unproductive process. Next, I wanted to touch on interest rates because it's important to recognize that we still are living and dealing with historically low interest rates. And when you look at investing and you look at your portfolio, whether you're aggressive or conservative, it's important to know your competition, your alternative is leaving the money in the bank. 
and bank money rates are still at historic lows. Even though the Federal Reserve raised interest rates three times last year, and they're likely to raise interest rates three times this year, um, it will take a while before we get to normalized interest rates where you go back to earning four, five, six percent or more on bank accounts, including CDs. Uh, I feel, we feel here at Elliott Wealth that investors need to prepare for any environment. And Benjamin Franklin said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Our job is to help that not happen for you and your financial future. The thing about things, and part of this relates to what I mentioned with the media, is that emotions often play a big part of how people manage their money. And that's not the way that it should be. Uh, emotional decisions can often lead to less than optimal decisions, more prone to making mistakes that will either enhance losses or prevent you from capturing gains. Uh, our mantra, my mantra for this year, is that we need to proceed with caution. I am optimistic about the markets because the U.S. economy is performing at a very high level. I've talked about this for months and months. Uh, we did an episode on the podcast. I've done some uh, media appearances on this. We've talked as we've met with clients about this. Um, the U.S. economy is performing at a very high level, and that is cause for optimism. We want to proceed with caution because there are other things that need to be monitored that may derail this good economic uh, role we're on. Some of those include interest rates, inflation fears, what's happening, going, uh, what's happening politically. Uh, there's lots to watch to make sure that we are prepared if the landscape should change. So again, our mantra is proceed with caution. Uh, we review changes for our clients regularly. Uh, what we want to do is revisit our clients' overall strategy, including their goals, time horizon, risk tolerance, what their comfort level is. And we want to remain intensely focused on our clients' personal objectives. And we want our clients to talk with us, to share with us what they're concerned about, what they're trying to accomplish, what changes might be going on. Maybe they want to change when they want to retire or they're in the midst of a job change or they're expecting an inheritance. Or on the negative side, they may be worried about their job security or they may have a spouse that's leaving the workforce that will have an effect on their budget. We want our clients to talk with us. Uh, what we're going to do as overall planning strategies is rebalance accounts. Um, for most of our clients this year, we've already rebalanced twice, trying to do the best we can to deal with this increased volatility since February 1st. So we've made changes to many, many client accounts, the vast majority of them. We want to analyze sources of income and cash flow requirements. We want to review your overall tax planning strategy, especially in light of this significant tax law. We want to review your emergency fund to make sure you have an adequate amount of money on hand, usually in the bank, 
to handle short-term emergencies. One, to make sure that we're funding retirement accounts adequately, and if possible, do it early in the year. And in general, we want to monitor your portfolio regularly, which is daily, to make sure that we're set up the way that we want to be set up and the portfolio is constructed in a way that we're comfortable with and that we are making changes as needed as things evolve in the economic and political world. On the tax planning front, I mentioned a moment ago, we want to maximize retirement plan contributions whenever possible. Uh, increasingly, we're looking at strategies where we could harvest tax losses or harvest tax gains. Uh, we want to use tax-exempt strategies where appropriate, and we want to look for tax-advantaged strategies whenever we can. All of us that have tax liability like to have our money work hard for us, and if we could mitigate taxes within the rules, we want to take advantage of that. So what could you expect from us? constant communication. This presentation is a good example of that. We want to have more frequent discussions with our clients, and we are constantly reviewing economic, tax, estate, and investment issues for our clients so that we are very technically proficient at our craft. As your advisor, we're going to maintain a non-emotional objective we are going to avoid making knee-jerk reactions. We're going to help you make decisions that are in your best interests. Our first priority is to act in your best interest. And simply put, we will be here for you. Many of you probably know, although some listeners that may not be familiar with me and Elliott Wealth Management Services, uh, we do a weekly podcast. Um, please, if you haven't checked it out, if you haven't subscribed to it, please do so. Uh, you could go to our website and subscribe directly there. At the website, there's also a library of previous episodes. We're in our second season now. It's going very well. So please keep that in mind. Uh, for those of you that are listening that are, that are already clients, I had trouble saying that, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to assist you with your financial needs. The confidence you place in us is always recognized. And one of the ways that you can help us is to sign your friends up for our complimentary newsletter service. So you could do that at the website or by calling the office. And so uh, I went a little longer than I had hoped um, there are a number of questions in the key, um, so I just will pick one, and for the rest of you, um, looking at the list, I'll be able to get back to you uh, individually, but one question that came up was, in my opinion, does the tax law, uh, will the tax law lead to better economic performance? And the answer is yes. This tax law is not perfect. Uh, there are many things that I wish were different, and I think most Americans who look at it would have lots of opinions on what might have been included or enhanced or eliminated or other things that could have been done. But in general, I think that this tax law is positive, 
if 80% plus Americans are getting a tax cut, I personally think that will lead to better economic performance and is good for the country overall. And we live in a competitive global environment where there are lots of corporations around the world that are intensely competing with our U.S. corporations. And I think reducing the corporate tax rate was a good thing. The U.S. corporations are going to have to do their part by sharing some of the spoils with the American people and not hoard it and have it only go to the top 1%. But I'm optimistic on that front. So, yes, I do think the tax law will help lead to better economic growth. I'm hoping to see the U.S. economy grow by 3% or more this year, and I'm hoping that we could go on a run where the U.S. economy grows at 3% plus for a couple of years in a row. That would be fantastic, and that would be beneficial for uh, the vast majority of Americans. So with that, thank you very much for taking time joining me on this presentation today, and I hope you found information as valuable as I hoped it would be. Again, thank you. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of SagePoint Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note, the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies, websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through SagePoint Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with SagePoint Financial. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.